Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast that tries to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each episode, we speak to a different guest and talk about their stories, their experiences, and their lives as they fight against living miserably. But we'll try to have a laugh with it, because on the surface, that sounds like a pretty fucking bleak idea for a podcast. This week we speak to Darren Harriet, stand-up comedian and star of The Comedy Bus. Darren has appeared on Live at the Apollo, Mop the Week and Hypothetical. Today we speak to Darren about life on the comedy circuit, distractions and gym posters. Also, in this episode we discuss topics such as suicide, death and drugs. So this is just a little warning about that before we get going. It's always best to be upfront about these sorts of things, isn't it? Anyway, here's our chat with Darren. On today's podcast, we are joined by the wonderful Darren Harriet. Hey, Hello. how's it going? You're right. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. It's uh, really nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, our so, pleasure entirely. Yeah. We always start by asking the same first question, which is, when was the last time you felt calm? I'll be honest with you. I I don't think I feel calm that often. <laughs> I think. It's a common, th- common one. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, especially with the career that we've sort of chosen, I'm never sort of calm or at peace. Mm-hmm. There's always there's always something kneeling in the back of my head. There's always a, a slight problem. Like yesterday I did a, a, a show uh, and it was a packed room, amazing gig. Oh, you did well. Back of my head, didn't do that new, new joke you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Bothered me. Bothered me right at the start of the set that I didn't do it. <laughs> Rest of the set bothered me. It bothers me enough now that I'm bringing it off. Still bringing it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I generally don't, I, I yeah, the, the, this idea of feeling calm 
it's it almost feels like a privilege at this point to to have a, a state of calm i mean i see you know um even like monks mm -hmm. and and people who meditate and like and they're like oh you should try meditating down i'm sure that would meditate what do you mean like <laughs> me alone with my thoughts <laughs> no thank you <laughs> yeah yeah not checking my phone I, I i can't and i wish i could i wish i could i there I'm, I'm sure there are guides to you know um to slowly become at one and more zen um, where every day you do, you you know, you try and take away something that you think, even if you put, I tried to put the, um, the blocker on my phone. So the screen grab, thing, what's yeah. the screen, whatever it is, screen oh, yeah. timer, just so I don't use my phone as much. So maybe I could just like be at peace with me, but I ended up taking it off after a day. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, feeling calm. I don't know. Maybe if I had a bath. I don't have a bath mm -hmm. at my place. It's a shower and I'm, I'm moving out at the moment, trying to find a place and I want a bath. A bath. And even then, maybe a bath would make me feel more calm. Because I always, I always, whenever I book hotels, I always book hotels with baths. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to have a bath. I never have a never bath. Never actually do. Never actually do. But I always, the, the bath could be in the middle of my bedroom <laughs> in, in the hotel. I still would not use it. Um, but yeah, I, I feeling calm is, I mean, I think now of what's happening, you know, summer, you know, touring and all this. And uh, when am I going to feel calm? When am I gonna <laughs> really going to feel genuinely relaxed and chilled out? That's why I can't book holidays because I know if I book a holiday, it wouldn't be a holiday. Mm -hmm. I would still be stressed out thinking of, oh, you've got this coming up. You've got this. People are like, you need a holiday. You're working too hard, Darren. Yeah, but what am I going to do on holiday other than think about work? Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. impossible. I don't want to be on a beach just sitting there with my book going, ah, I might as well, I've got to finish this series and write. Exactly. No, so... It's very, it's very hard. Um, I, I, I never thought self-employed would be this sort of like stressful yeah. and all-encompassing. You honestly just think, ah, wake up when you want, chill, yeah. do what you want. But no, it really is 24 hours. Yeah, so the idea of calm is, um, being calm right now is it's, it's a myth. Are you good at like making time for yourself or do you put yourself under quite a lot of like pressure? I like think, almost like feel guilty for not working I think my thing is it's a bit like a spider diagram at the moment where it's just like comedy and then there's strands outside mm -hmm. so it's like sitcom Radio 4 series this stand up new solo show old solo show what about this show TV so it's like it's trying to make uh, and I'm very very bad at going okay what am I which part am I on and then mm -hmm. something else comes in oh that's another strand <laughs> to the thing and it's so um, I do feel like my mind is constantly going but I what I what I've recently learned is I like to so I like to go to the gym and like to work out, but I used to do that in the morning, and what I, what happened was in the morning by one by the time I come back I'm bloody fucking knackered. Man. <laughs> I'm like and I'm like oh yeah write some jokes work on some material. Oh, fuck, I can't really, you know. I'm tired now. I'm lie down in my bed and have it chilled out. So now what I do is I tend to go in the afternoon mm -hmm. a little bit. So what I'll do is like so on the weekend Friday Saturday normally I will do about four gigs all within the same it sounds kind of crazy but they're all within the same area like you know so and then so i'll go about two three o'clock to the gym but i would have spent some of the morning going over emails writing working mm -hmm. on bits so at least then i've had a good few hours of stuff done because that's another thing that's in the back of my head is trying have it trying to have fun and i'm thinking of work mm -hmm. yeah i'm like oh should i go just cinema? i want to go to cinema like if i want to i want to go see that film us yeah and i'm like when can you go and see us <laughs> yeah you can't go in the day yeah because that's your you're supposed to be doing work then you're gonna have to go to a midnight showing and then wake yourself up early yeah. to start writing looking again. at your diary like i can pencil it in yeah. for october when, yeah, it's exactly. showing, man. <laughs> when was the last time you had a day off 
See, the thing is, whenever you ask that question, someone takes more than three seconds to answer. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's been you know far too ago. fucking long. Eh? Put it this way: we, we, we. I said I wanted to go to Japan in September, and then a few gigs have come up that I can't miss. A big, and it's like, okay, that's out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm, the plan was to start a tour in October. What well, we are, but I want to have a break. I feel like after that, because I think. A lot of comics, what they do, especially like after Edinburgh and stuff like that, is they 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 go they go away. They do something else. Whereas I never really do because mm-hmm. I finish and then a couple of days afterwards it's my birthday, and then I get I always get like a new like yeah I'm you know another year older yeah. time to go out there time to go out there harder and everyone you know and then all the meetings start from Edinburgh and all that. So in terms of a, a if I have a day off, it I mean what are we what are we calling a day off like? Even if I had, like I've got shows tonight, but if I just had this recording, mm-hmm. I could probably call this a day off, maybe. But I know what I'd do is I'd, I'd okay, go spend a few hours trying to do some work. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like not doing anything, I don't know. I honestly, it's a very interesting question because a day where I do absolutely nothing, I feel so guilty about That's what I was going to ask mm-hmm. next, yeah. It's such a guilty feeling. Because I, I, I feel very honored to be in a position where I am, where I've done a lot of the things that I, we've, you know, Lauren, I remember meeting you years ago where we were both just sort of on open, open mic yeah. pretty much. And I was and hammered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hammered. <laughs> and, and you know, we're both privileged to be able to do things like this and other stuff. So I, there is that guilt in the back of my head where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know, I, uh, I should really work hard and mm-hmm. uh, or else it's, it's going to be taken away from me. Yeah, it's like you've worked so hard to get there. You're like, but if I take my foot off the pedal, yes. someone might, come over take us and I don't want that completely and yeah, this time <laughs> of the year is when it gets a, a lot worse because you know new show stuff gotta do the solo show gotta think about that as well and that's the big the big take up of um, a lot of my um, my the retail space in my head at the moment um, and I think your years structure differently when you work in comedy and I think that can have quite an effect on your brain so for like a comedian your year centres around August yeah really and that's quite head fucking away because everybody else is like January new year new start but by this point you're like halfway through your year really and it's so hard to like get on the same wavelength as everybody else because you're running on just a completely different stress time frame well I've 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 realised that the summer period is the most I feel stressed Mm -hmm. ever so I'm not doing any sort of festivals or anything like that um, because it, it just becomes too much especially with some of the festivals uh, my immediate thing with fe- comedy at festivals is it's gonna be fucking shit <laughs> it's gonna fucking suck i'm gonna absolutely hate it they're gonna hate me <laughs> fuck this so i i just went right this year i'm not gonna put any of that on me because I, I start looking at festival gigs a bit like corporate gigs mm-hmm. where i'm just like it's 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 set up to be bad it's not because it is set up to be good mm-hmm. but you know if i'm performing and there's still sunlight i'm a bit like oh, this is weird isn't it <laughs> So I thought I'm gonna not do any this year to take try and take away a little bit of that stress because it is one of those things where the build up to it, the build up to it, the build up to it, you just go, Oh god, I've got to do that next week. Oh, woo, 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 woo. And so it just tries to take away a lot of the, 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 the new show Edinburgh stresses away from me. Just just a little bit. Just just to try and bring it down. But um I'm starting I'm start I'm I'm starting to think weekends are now the, the least stressful part of my week. Really? Yeah, even though I, I'll do like three, four, sometimes five gigs on a Saturday night mm-hmm. because it just, it, it feels so calming almost. 
Like there's a, a structure to yeah, it. Yeah. It, I always I always have that. Yeah, that, like, there's no meetings. It's not my head. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I think the number one my number one opponent is my brain. It's my brain going. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to work on it. Whereas if I'm doing five shows, I'm like, ah, I'm just busy. I'm just going out there. Do yeah. my shows. Do I my, know how to do this. Yeah. yeah. Do my weekend. Yeah. There's no alternative thoughts coming in. Just do your bit. Do your bit. Have fun. Uh, if you're lucky, you get a new joke on stage. Oh, great. Have a good time. But um, my brain is the one is the one that's really sort of puts all the pressure on me. And I always I always think of that um, that Barry Humphreys quote, that Dame Dame Edna quote, where he says, uh, "says on stage I feel alone. On stage it's just me. It's like ah, oh, finally like silence." And I I, I completely get that mm-hmm. as as somebody who has learned from filming the comedy bus that I'm a pretty bad. I'm definitely an introvert to a point where it's like it's I'm like. Okay, I I need to just have alone time with mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I'm not used to the so I I know that stand up does that for me on the weekend because I'm not I mean I am meeting people in a, in a way but I'm not you know sitting in rooms and going over stuff with strangers and all that sort of stuff anymore it's just me doing what I'm very comfortable with alone even though I'm alone in front of you know a couple hundred people <laughs> or whatever it, it 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 it's um it's starting to feel like the most relaxed part of my week I think now. Because um, I was going to ask how it affects your mental health being so busy all the yeah. time. But I think, like for myself, I I thrive on being busy. I, I mm-hmm. do. I, I love deadlines because my brain is active. I know yeah. I'm doing something good, yeah. and it kind of displaces anything else like negative that could be in my mind because mm-hmm. I'm focused. And I love that fact that kind of like you find calm in your work and like yeah. just at that point where you can just kind of like right, this is like autopilot I can do this exactly. I know I'm nailing it yeah um, I've always said that, that it keeps it, it keeps me occupied occupied is a number one thing for me like before I left London I almost committed suicide because I was just I was depressed I was angry I was sad about my my career and stand-up is a great way like I like I know I need therapy I've never had it yet but I know I do because I know that once I sort of stop being busy and it goes down then it's me and my thoughts again and that's yeah. that's that's the problem right there but doing comedy and constantly having to write new material, work on this, travel, sort yourself out, look at this, da, 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 engage with it, you know, it really does help keep your mind like fit. Mm-hmm. Like we've all met comedians, writers, actors or whatever, who you, t- you talk to and go, how do you even function? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you even go about your life? We all know weird comedians yeah. who you can't even, like, just don't even look at you when you, like, I know I'm bad with eye contact, but they're like, you know that they're they're completely just in with the fairies, but they're able to write new material, they're able to go on stage, they're able to travel, they're able to, to, to drive and get around. It, there's something about just doing, like, like comedy that it just unites people no matter what. They can they can go out there and do it. But in normal, in normal day-to-day lives, they might be a bit of a mess, and I always used to. I always used to take the mick out of comedians for that. I always used to think comedians were just liars. <laughs> like you'd meet all these fucking comedians, man, and they'd say, um, you know, this classic, oh, I'm awkward around women, bleh, all that <laughs> bullshit. And then at the end of the gig, they're right next to the door, vickering, shaking hands, kissing babies <laughs> with every woman that comes past. But um, I I do understand that. Like I know that my thing is I. I'm not great with eye contact. I generally do not make much eye contact. I've been on a world of dates to the point where I've had to say in advance, look, I, I, my eye contact is terrible. It's nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, it's, it's that bad. I'm I've sure had... you're beautiful, but I yeah, just cannot see you. Completely. <laughs> but it's not even just dates. It's also, like, my agent. If I'm sitting with my agent, I very rarely will I yeah. fully look at him. And I know, and I've never, I've never, because as you, and I've looked it up and I go, maybe you're shy. And I go, 
Am I shy? <laughs> I feel like everything I do is not that shy. <laughs> but maybe I am. And I'm really bad at small talk. Like, really bad. I'm really bad with people I don't know. Yes. I, I, I'm terrible. I can't, uh, you know, you put me in an elevator with a bunch of people and it's full. I my number one worry isn't oh the elevator's gonna break down my number one worry is if it breaks down I'm gonna have to talk to people <laughs> it's fucking horrible and I'm so bad at it it's to the point where I've 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 my friends have had to say to other people oh because I I realized what was happening with special comedy I was making I was getting bad first impression stories people would go oh Darren he thinks he's too fucking nice he thinks he's too good he's he, do, he doesn't talk to anyone and I'm like. No, it's not that. It's mm-hmm. just I, I can't do it. Yeah. I've had it so many times where people have gone, I thought you fucking hated me when you first met me. I got this. No, yeah. I don't hate you. It's just I don't like those say, Hey, how you doing? You're right. And I go, Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And that's that that's like that's mm-hmm. it. It's not I'm not trying to be a dick. It's happened so many times. I've I've had to like address it with many people and go, No, no, no. I'm just really you you'd be amazed mm-hmm. at how terrible I am. Like if I'm in a if there's a queue for like, the post office and there's one woman or one guy who's just got some banter with everyone, <laughs> who's just, I look, I'm in absolute fucking awe of that person because I could mm. never do that. You're talking to this strange woman about stamps? Yeah. <laughs> Mental. It's, Mental. It's so weird because I'm the same. I find small talk so difficult. So like with bad. my boyfriend, with me yeah, parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. With people I don't know. But when I was a waitress, queen of the small talk. Ah. Queen, and I, I feel like it was like performative small yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I, I, need, I needed the tips. And I was like, I'm only going to get the tips if I can have a bit. But once that shift finished, say if I then went and waited at the bus stop and someone started to talk to us, I'd be like, oh my God, oh no. Oh, yeah, like the blood would be like sort of boiling in my body. I'd be so nervous. But now I'm not a waitress. I feel like that sort of small talk has really regressed again. And oh, I'm like, I yeah. find it so hard. And I think back to when I was a waitress and I'm like, I would chat to anybody and everybody and be able to make such good, like sort of, Little conversations. See, you're better than me. I was, even when I was a bouncer, still just as bad, <laughs> which was not good as a bouncer. Yeah. Because generally, I was very rarely overly friendly because just, <laughs> I'm just not that guy. I'm mm-hmm. more just like, go in, yeah, let me check your pass, go in, do, do, do. This is how This is how absolutely terrible I am with people, right? Living in a house share, generally true, doing a stand up on it, don't know everyone's name, barely talk to them, been there five years, mm-hmm. right? There's no communal areas other than a kitchen, so it's not like everyone's in a living room or anything like that. Anyway, one of the guys I live with smokes crack. They all found out. I found out he smokes crack. I did a routine about him. The guys in the house found out. So my routine, he's him. Da, da, da. Anyway, big kickoff about a few months ago, right? He fell in love with a girl downstairs. And he was charging at her room, trying to kick her door in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it sound like I live in a trashy place. It's actually really <laughs> nice. It's just a, one guy's a problem. Anyway, I'm down there trying to deal with it. Other housemates are coming. What's going on? He's, he's there. Fuck her. He's in love with this girl, right? Uh, landlady comes, her husband, her family. It's a whole situation. 3 a.m., he leaves, right? Comes back. He's trying to kick her door. I grabbed him, me and him wrestle in the house. Falls on the floor, we break the table. I'm holding him on the floor, right? Everyone's around going, oh, what the hell? I'm the only one doing anything relatively <laughs> physical, right? Everybody else is just like, all the guys are like, oh, what's going on? Anyway, put him on the floor. He leaves, police get called. I have to tell them to call the police because they didn't want to call the police on him. Please come. Please come and arrest him. Right? Because he they told him to leave, they gave him a chance, said, you gotta leave. Mm-hmm. Comes back, police arrest him, put him on the floor, blah blah blah. Spends the night in uh, spends the night in the prison, uh, in a cell, 
Um, uh, talk to the girl who is in love with who's downstairs and she's like oh thank you you really helped me oh, I'm so sorry I don't know what would have happened blah 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 it's a whole commotion next day he comes back we all have a, a, a meeting I say you've got to get rid of him he's a liability mm-hmm. he's clearly got problems and he was trying to kick her door what would have happened if I wasn't here da, da, da. anyway long story short still at the house he's more like than me still because he's a people person <laughs> they all still talk to him they're all still his friend because he will make a barbecue and I'll have a barbecue outside and I'm still the guy who just comes in, says hello, goes back upstairs. <laughs> he's still more popular than me. That's how bad. They all know he smokes crack and that he did try and kick this girl's door in all night. And but he's he... cracking at the small talk. Exactly. <laughs> but he will ask you about the weather and how's work. It's insane. And I, I, I go, I, yeah, it might be me. It might be, I might genuinely have the problem after all of this. And there is... No way they kick him out of the house. I said mm-hmm. to the landlady, I said, if it was me, this was the other way around, it was me. Straight out. You would have been so quick to get rid of me. <laughs> you were, and, and she was like, no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> yes, you would. He's way more like than me in this house still. Can you make eye contact um, on stage? with? Like, no, nope, don't make eye contact with audience yeah. members ever. Mm-hmm. Never do it. And it's so weird that I don't do it. I'm actually thinking of doing more MC spots, I think, uh-huh. to see if that would help. But no, it's always uh, foreheads here. Yeah, same. Always. And I, it's just weird. I've had messages um, at, at, at the end of gigs from like women sometimes going, I think we made a eye contact. And, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, well, we definitely didn't. We, we did definitely not. did yeah. not make any eye contact. <laughs> I talk. To, sometimes, maybe it's me. Sometimes I feel like I already up, really up the performance wise mm-hmm. just because I know, I think they know that I'm not looking not at looking any at eyes. Them. I think sometimes they can tell. So sometimes I'm like really like animated and really, really, because yeah, eye contact on stage, not yeah. a thing that I've done. I've had to start addressing it on stage because I was like, like you, I was like, surely they must know I'm not. Yeah. And you watch the MC and the MC's like, yeah, eye contact, eye contact, eye contact. And I'm yeah, like, so then yeah. I walk on, like staring at anything but the crowd. So I've started to just address it. And you can see them being like, oh, yeah, she hasn't looked at us. And I'm like, oh, I kind of feel better now for just holding my hands up and being like, I ain't going to look at you. I hope that is. Quite... I might just start wearing sunglasses. Maybe that would be yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, it's a nice tinted sunglasses. I have to address it as well. Whenever I do like a live talk or anything like that, I go on stage and I just say, look, i got severe anxiety. I'm not going to look at anyone on <laughs> the stage, any I'm of you, so and bad. I might fuck this up completely. I'm so I'm glad. I'm glad Like you guys have said that as well, because I thought it was just me who mm-hmm. makes zero fucking eye contact. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When was the first time you were made aware of mental health being a thing, be it negative or positive? I'd probably say, well, my dad died. So my dad killed himself in the year 2000 when I was 11. And I guess it, yeah, it was more just a case of me going, oh, well, something must have been off. Like, like I never really sat down and spoke to my mum about it. But, you know, when your dad sort of kills him. My dad was in prison, so he killed himself in prison. So then you go through, as an 11-year-old boy, you go, oh, well, prison must be really, really bad. And I must really, really hate prison. But then as you sort of get older and you sort of hear a bit more and you know more about his life and then, um, he, you know, he smoked a lot of weed. He was smoking weed from when he was 12. And I know there's people who were like, oh, no, weed's great, man. It's from the earth. <laughs> Some people are predisposed to mental health. It really can um, steamroll your mental health issues a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Like I did a weed brownie once, almost jumped out a window and was crying in Croatia. So I know. Not for me. Not for yeah. me. <laughs> Definitely. I would probably do much better on heroin. <laughs> heroin would be a much more help. I would live a lot longer on heroin <laughs> than if I had like one uh, 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 weed brownie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I became aware of it then. And then obviously I was depressed and sad. But I think when you're sort of a young teenager, you don't really know if you're depressed or just really sad because mm-hmm. there's, there's not really much going on. Uh, in You're just like, oh, I miss my dad and this, that, the other. But um but then again, when my dad died, uh, he died. So he died March 2000. I started secondary school, high school, September 2000. So I was just thrusted into oh, making new friends and, you know, yeah, what I want to be when I'm older and puberty and girls and blah, 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 music, you know. So um, it kind of kept me occupied. And then I went to college, uh, did a BTEC in drama, as you do, and then dropped out of that. And then I was really, I was really depressed again. Really, I felt like a lot of the sort of thoughts and feelings that I had about my dad was coming back to me sort of five, six years later because I, I had nothing to occupy me. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd finished school. I hated college. What am I going to do? So then I joined college again to do A-levels, which was just mad that I would even think to do A-levels. And then I dropped out again, and then I saw a flyer promoting a um, a talent night. And they had music, comedy, da-da, come and audition. And I was like, and I was really watching a lot of Def Jam and Dave Chappelle at the time. And I was like, oh, I should put it to do stand-up. And then that's literally how I got into stand-up in the, in the refec at Hellzone College. There was a flyer. And I was like, I should probably try that. <laughs> and then I did it. And then that's, that's been my, kind of kept me occupied for the past 12 years. Yeah. So, uh, and um, when I used to talk about my dad on stage and stuff like that, it's really helped me sort of deal with it a lot better than... I, then if I didn't, I don't. I I I I've I've spoke about it in a variety of ways. I spoke about it from very heartfelt, very jokey, very you know, um, uh, emotional and uh, yeah. But I, I'm becoming more aware of my own sort of mental health issues as well. My my own. I think I have more issues with myself. 
like I said, you know, uh, terrible eye contact, really bad at terrible at small talk. Uh, I would definitely describe myself as not a people person. Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that without sounding like I'm mean. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm probably not a people person. Um, uh, also, I can't look, I'm not, not very good at looking in mirrors. I don't, I'm not a fan of mirrors. I've got mirrors in my hand. And it's quite weird because I get a lot of comments. Oh, Darren, you dress quite smart. You have quite good style and stuff. I'm like, I'm very like a vampire. You know, like a vampire's <laughs> always really dressed smart, but they can't look in mirrors. <laughs> like, I'm kind of like, like any mirror in my house, you, you'd see is turned. It's, yeah, facing the, I, I don't really, not, not big. I, I have to, it's weird. I have to feel really, really good to look at myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I have to like go, man, I feel great. Let me just, let me just see the greatness um <laughs> let me let me let me experience the greatness like uh i used to like going to the barbers i used to go to the barbers and then the barber would cut my hair and you'd get that fucking mirror right in front of you it's like oh god elevator mirrors as well yeah, yeah. absolutely br ruin my day mm. getting when they're on all sides getting in an elevator and seeing a mirror breaks my heart every time because I never want to see it. I never want it there. If I could walk in, if it was a sign outside that just said there's a mirror in here, be careful. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So now the ultimate nightmare is getting trapped in lift trapped. with people's oh, small talk mirror. and the mirrors are there oh, as well. It's so bad. Does it help you though when you're on stage and you're talking about these things in front of an audience? Does that help you kind of quantify them in your own head and kind of think yeah. about them a little bit more and analyse them? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm getting past the... the, the, the Comedy's helped me a lot, but I think there's only a certain amount it can really help yeah, you with course. before, you know, because, um, you know, laughter is great. It unites people, but it, it doesn't solve problems. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, talking about my issues on stage definitely help. I also think sometimes when you, like like I'm trying to talk about, my, my new show is about me just not falling in love and all the stuff we're talking about, sort of how terrible I am with people. I also think if you can make it into joke form and have really good routines, there's an acceptance there, mm -hmm. mm. but it might not just be an acceptance because people will laugh if it's a good routine anyway. So in my head, it's like, oh yeah, they, they get it. They understand what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, right? And it's like, no, it's just funny. funny. That's, yeah, it's just <laughs> funny. It's definitely, it's different. Um, but yeah, stand-up is a, it's a, definitely a, a great sort of avenue. It has been for me to get feelings out. And I mean, the change, you guys have seen, especially with sort of men's mm -hmm. health and men's mental health is, is changing. Like the difference between sort of, you know, uh, uh, International Women's Day and International Men's Day, it's it's night and day. Like International Women's Day is, is, is and rightly so, because, you know, men have had their feet on women's heads for many, many years. <laughs> many, many years men have, have, have been the uh, uh, aggressors. Um, Women's Day is great. It's a celebration of women's stuff, literature, poetry. We all unite. There's, there's, there's bloody shows where it's only women only and all that sort of stuff. And uh, the Men's Day now, it's purely just mental health. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. literally, we're like, nope, nope. Talk to someone, you know, get out there, have a word, have a wagon wheel, be happy, <laughs> talk. It's it's such a difference. Even like, um, what's the one prostate cancer, the the, the, the Movember? Oh, thing. yeah. Uh -huh. that, it's not even about prostate cancer anymore. Even prostate cancer, it's like, nope, mental health. <laughs> Let's have a chat. Even my gym, my gym has posters around for, um, I think it was for Movember, and it says, uh, uh, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, if that was the case, I wouldn't be at the gym. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wouldn't be at the gym if I was okay with not being okay. That's why I'm here, dude. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's um, it, the, the conversation is great though. There is a lot more, 
I, I do feel like that get also gives anxiety on top sometimes because, like, I understand you should talk and you, you know, but to, if you constantly see messages that you should be talking, that can give you anxiety, like, yeah, even completely. though you don't want to talk. Because well, you I, don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah, yeah, I get like that sometimes. I see all these messages, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I'm all right. <laughs> I don't want to talk right now. Just <laughs> let me do it. Gosh. Gives you, like, am I not okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... Um, it, it, but it is good. It is it is such a good conversation that, I mean, we never really had these conversations. I can't remember when, because, you know, all these people would um, sort of die, especially like famous people, celebrities who would sort of kill themselves and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I like, I think of like Kurt Cobain, who like shot himself, obviously like 90s, early 90s or whatever it yeah. was. I, I wasn't around then. Like, but what was the conversation like then? Oh, it was just mm. a bit mad, weren't he? Bit of a rocker, did too many drugs. Classic Kurt. Classic. <laughs> oh, you just wanted to be a legend, that mm -hmm. one. Whereas it was now, the whole 27 gang, wasn't it? Yeah, like, they all yeah, took the 27, their own lives. Yeah. And you just thought it was something rock stars did. Mm -hmm. You never really went into it. It was only Robin Williams was the first one I, I remember say, people I talked about the mental the health shit. discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 Robin Williams, yeah, yeah. Even people who died from like alcoholism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, no one would ever go, oh, they, was, they had mental health, they were really depressed, whatever. They just see it as, no, they just couldn't yeah. stop drinking. Yeah. Just, just, they were just drinking. The big one for me recently was Avicii. Oh, yeah. You're like, but. But DJ party fun, like when you read more about it, he was working constantly and just under so much pressure. And you're like, God, I'd never. To I think of DJs as probably people think about comedians. I'm like, yeah. that looks like fun. Yeah, that right. looks like you bring people joy. Like you have a party, you have a yeah. good time. And I was like, oh wow. And I thought of all like the DJs I've seen and stuff. And I was like, wow, shit, yeah. Yeah, no, people, it's, it's people it's, are stressed. Not, yeah, yeah. I heard not a wonderful. Me quote a few months ago and it's just you don't want to kill yourself you want to kill the way you feel right yes, now yeah. yeah and it's just that i always stick with that because like those those thoughts will creep into your brain every mm -hmm. now and again it's an unavoidable thing especially when you are speaking about stuff like that on stage yeah. and mm -hmm. as yourself as well like this this topic is always in our minds you are going to have those thoughts and you just need to kind of sit back and go cool okay yeah. well I don't want to kill myself. I want to kill the way that I feel right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But the kind of the other going back to kind of the conversation around it, the wonderful thing is that now people are like yourselves, doing talking about this in their shows and being kind of like brutally honest and then bringing it back to a place of comedy, to a place of safety. Mm -hmm. Have you had people come to you after shows and just say thank you for sharing a story or kind yeah. of I've related to this? Yeah, yeah. So in my last show, I talked about how I used to be in a gang in school. And it was basically more about the mentality of it, sort of no dads and fatherless and all that sort of stuff. And people, I've had a lot of people message me just saying that they never understand, they, they don't really see it as that. They never, they only just see it as, oh, gang, naughty. And they go, no, we never thought, oh yeah. yeah. You know, poor fatherless, who was your role models? You all stick together as a, you know, you you have this um, this father figure in a group that you will, re all you really want is your fathers and no one's there. So you sort of act out. Um, because you you know you don't really know how to be a young we were like 14 year old boys you don't really mm -hmm. know how to be like a young man because no one ever taught you um, but yeah 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 all the stuff when I in my first show when I talked about my dad and what he went through there's a lot of people who can relate to it and and stuff like that it's um it's weird it's 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 uh, it's it's very odd because you you never really get into the business for that mm -hmm. you kind of just get into the business to go on stage and do a couple of dick jokes yeah. <laughs> and then when you realize you know that you you are having these little moments yeah. with people at the end of my show i talk about at the end of my show i've had like one or two people cry 
mm-hmm. because I, I basically I just wrap up the whole thing about my dad and where it comes from and why we were like this and my mom and people cry and I always feel bad. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I really enjoyed the show. You don't really cry. And I'm like, ah, I don't really, I didn't want that yeah. necessarily. I, it's, I never wrote it for you to feel that way. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. It is because I think it can help just as much as talking. Yeah. That re- hearing someone's story and just taking yeah. a sentence away from it that means something to so you powerful. and knowing that other people get through this on a day-to-day basis mm. and that you can get get through it as well can be so yeah. meaningful. Yeah. It's a yeah. I remember Catherine Bullhart, who's a yeah. wonderful comedian, coming out of my show and again I was vicaring. I was stood at the door like saying goodbye to everyone, um, and she was sobbing and I felt so bad because I was like. That's my friend. I'm upset. Yeah. And I say I I didn't. I know there's the classic thing of like doing the sad bit. And you, I'd never written my show to be yeah. sad. I'd written I'd written it predominantly to be funny. But I was telling my fucking story. That is what I was doing. And it just so happened that in the room it could get a bit like emotional. And she was absolutely sobbing. And I felt so bad. And I was like, I don't want to make anyone cry. She was like, No. I just like I needed to hear that. That was important. All this stuff. I went to see her show last year. I was sobbing ah. at the end of her show and I came out and she was like got you back got you back and I was like have you written this entire show just to make me cry if you could go back and give yourself like your younger self a little bit of advice on mental health and living without misery or with less misery, what would you tell yourself? I would say just keep going. Try and smile more, just in general. Um, like I, I have a big smile, but I don't know whether I smile that much. Um, but when I was when I was 20, so I moved to London on my 26th birthday, and it was like the April before that when I tried to kill myself, almost. And it was just more, I remember just being really, really sad and non-occupied. I've, I need to stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I spent a lot of my my younger years trying to chase, trying to get the approval of my dad. So, you know, like like gangs was just trying to be the tough masculine dude and then bouncer as well, in a way, was the same thing. And now I'm, I feel much more relaxed in who I am and much more comfortable in I'd say being silly. I was never really very silly. I was funny, but not silly. Cause I always thought silly was like a sign of weakness, like a silly, like that's why even now I I, I can't, like like clowning comedians mm-hmm. or silly comedians blow my mind. Yeah. Because I'm like, I've, I've never really been that. And I wish I was probably a bit more silly as a young teen. I definitely, I definitely wasn't, I was always funny, I was always a bit, bit off kilter with sort of what I would say but in terms of being silly I don't think I was that silly I don't think I was yeah I felt like I was too busy trying to be like a cool kid or trying to be something fearless about being silly there really is like you look at the oddballs the people who you'd class as oddballs in school or whatever they were probably having the most fun (laughs) they they knew who they were then Whereas, like, I was chasing something, following what this person would do. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the cool person. Let me be a bit like them. Let me be a bit like them. Whereas if I was just more true to myself and more just genuinely silly, but I think I would have had a much better teenage years, a much more fun time if I just em- embraced it a lot more. Because even now, I'm still relatively a stiff human as opposed to being a more silly... And that's why I, I take... I do a lot of the... the, the, the 
do a lot of stuff that is quite outside my comfort zone because now I just want to try and do more silly things and try and branch out a bit more. And I think I think it's it's genuinely pleasing, especially when you do something that you really enjoy that you would just like have never done before. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say be more silly, um, uh, keep going, and that it generally does it does get better. It really, it really does. We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. If any of the topics we've discussed in today's show have affected you, or you could just do with someone to talk to, Calm are there for you. Their helpline is free and anonymous, so search Calm in your Google machine and get in touch with them if you need to. We've been Aaron Gillis and Lauren Patterson, and that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks to Dave for letting us make this, Calm for being brilliant, all of our guests and you, because without you listening to this, it's just the two of us sat with a microphone talking nonsense and terrified comedians. Anyway, bye! Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.